Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Our OPP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to get like coffee with rice. Probably. Okay, I knew it. I knew it already, but I still wanted to ask. Uh, OPP. Yeah, you know me. What's funny is that anyone under the age of like 30 isn't going to know what that song is. I just hope that all of our cool listeners are in the 30s. In the 30 region? 30 30. Where are you going? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me ever again. Don't talk to me or my son. First of all, you're not the boss. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. You're like here on this day. Um, on this day, on this night, that is correct. Now I just have that song in my head. I want to play it so bad. You know, um, you ever see on like some YouTube uh, YouTubers will be like. (laughs) They'll do a version of themselves singing the songs and so they don't have to use it. Like I sometimes watch people who react to TikTok videos, so they'll like do a voiceover of them doing like I can't think of a TikTok song now. Renegade. Renegade. Oh, renegade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I how is it? Renegade. 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 With it. How does it with it? Please no please no Gen Zers watch this. Actually, Gen Z, you are welcome to watch this. I welcome you. Welcome. welcome. It looks like I'm wearing a purse. It's it, like a crossbody purse. It really does look like you just... Like, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> sorry, I just had to... My boobs were bothering me. I had to fix them. I can't help it. It's okay. How do you feel about them now? Do you feel that they are good? They look small. Do you need to do... That, well, sometimes with sports bras, they, they like mush it, them in it a way that makes them look back. smaller. Yeah. yeah, so now I'm like a just... Can you not even do elephant feet? Plain old C. Maybe D. Uh, I don't think not so as well because of the cross strap. You can't even yeah, see it. Can't even I see it. it. Totally wasted. Take it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst buy bra strap I... ever. Take it off. Take it. <laughs> off. Bisexuals across the world just went ah. They're not that good. The boobs aren't that great. <laughs> you know I can see you in the. Hey, I'm having a moment <laughs> with the buys and the boys. <laughs> I can see you in the boob lovers. I should say. You love boobs? Look at me. Don't look at her. <laughs> don't know what she's talking about. Boobs are great all the time. Side boob, front boob, under boob. Any boob. Any boob. You're an equal boobatoonist. I'm an equal boobatoonist. Please put that on a mug. Please put that on a mug. <laughs> I, <will. laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. We haven't announced that yet, but hey guys, <laughs> I'm making a product line. <laughs> equal boobatoonist. Boobatoonist. I will. What's really funny is things are happening throughout the day, so I just go make new products. <laughs> I have to like put opportunist in parentheses, so I'm like, why did I put Equal that? Equal I can make those. Um. Sorry. Anyway. Anyways, <clears throat> welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh my! Also known as Two Brats and a Podcast. <clears throat> Equal boobertunist. I like that. I'm like, oh my! And then you're like, Two Brats and a Podcast, and my my whole I'm just like, me, 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 me. Eventually, we'll just have to change the name. <laughs> 
or just start another podcast. It's fine. It's okay. It's you're fine. gonna you're gonna take like one day off in the future and have it all set up <laughs> when you come back. Literally, like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> Do you ever worry that like you're, April you ever worry that you're like dying because suddenly you just get this like I will start all these businesses at once. <laughs> like I'm. I guess why, now, like, yeah. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm just having this strike of like, I have to start this business and then Sunday I had an hour off. So I started another business. Wow. If you're coming up to an important growth point, then you're avoiding it. Oh. Maybe. Oh God. What would it be? I don't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Let me just. <laughs> yeah. Universe. Yeah. What is it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, she's going to love it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it won't be dating because that still sucks. <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe stop taking up all your time and just like go read in a coffee shop. Yeah, what, who yeah, I, I said a coffee shop. A coffee person. <laughs> a person who likes coffee. I don't even like coffee that much. I'll drink it. Listen, you have really high standards, okay? <laughs> they can't just be a coffee tunist. Coffee opportunist. I didn't, I didn't do it. Didn't work as well. well. Damn it. I know, sorry. I hate it here. Um, anyways, what are we talking about this week? Oh, we're not doing the intervention about you overworking? Okay, no. good. Um <laughs> Copen's no. avoidance. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> no. Focus on the boobs. Just keep going. <laughs> Today, on Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks, we are talking about... We're bringing another controversial topic to the table. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And we love you all who are watching this and listening to this, by the way. Uh, we are talking today, and we're debating one penis policy. Also known as... Uh, OPP. You know I mean? Oh, one dick rule. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Was the answer you're looking for? Yeah, the first one. Shit. (laughs) It's fine. You got both covered. (laughs) One dick to rule them all. (gasps) One dick to bind us. (laughs) Anyways, we'll be here all night. I I want you to know I read that too, and I still am laughing at it as if it's the first time I heard it. So, So, OPP is something that's a little bit more common in non-monogamy. Yeah. It does bleed over into kink some, just because there is crossover between those two. Well, the real culprit in OPPs is monogamous couples. Let's just be honest. They're the criminals yeah. of the... <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, so we're going to talk about OPP. There's been, I think, more controversy in the non-monogamy world lately around OPP, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see more groups take a stance on it being unethical. Yeah. Which has not been the case as much lately. Okay, not taking a stance on it lately? People uh, are not, or? They haven't been up until lately. Oh, I see what you mean. So okay. I've seen a lot more groups not allowing OPP post. <gasps> really? Yep. Okay. Um, I've had a number of groups where I've seen lately, they've said if you're trying to post about OPP or being OPP or looking for a relationship OPP, we will not approve that. Wow. Because they are now Hell viewing yeah. it as unethical as like unicorn hunting. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So, I there's a huge crossover there. Sorry, I just there's a about huge that. crossover. Yeah, huge. Yeah, between unicorn hunting and OPP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think it's just important to talk about why is OPP viewed as unethical, um, what surrounds it being unethical, mm-hmm. what you can do to not be OPP, mm-hmm. what usually inspires it, what inspires it, and why. I mean, my opinion. This is just my opinion. Why you should get away from OPP. Yeah. And I know everyone listening, and I know a person. I know people listening to this right now because they are friends of mine who practice OPP that just probably went. Err, I'll say it to your face too. Um, OPP for me is unethical. 
If you are in our group and you're all PP, I love you guys still. But let's challenge our thoughts this time. And I hope you hear our points and kind of give us a chance on what we're saying. And maybe just like take that information back to, you know. Your therapist. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So, I want to say that I know, like, I, I definitely, like, I have a soft spot for our group members, but I know our group members are not, like, uh, of, you know, uh, exempt from the experiences that normal non-monogamous people go through, which is, like, a lot of times you find yourself in this position and with, you know, knowing the process of being non-monogamous and how tired you can be, I can understand finally feeling like you're falling on, like, a safe spot, yeah. um, but you've rested enough. It's time to, time to, pull time to up. get back to challenging our thoughts and thinking things and stuff. Time to pull up function. Yay. So let's first talk about what is OPP. So are you good if I describe it real fast? Yeah, sure. Okay. So it's typically when a non-monogamous couple, generally a straight man in a queer encompassing lesbian, bi, like pan, it typically is going to be pan and bi mm-hmm. woman. Yes. Create a rule stating that the women can only have sex with other women. In a less extreme but probably harder to enforce version, it can be that women can sleep with men but not fall in love with a man mm-hmm. outside of the man that they are in a relationship with. Okay, yes. The more common one is that they can only sleep with other women. Yeah. That's, that's the most yeah. common. Mm-hmm. So one man, one queer woman, and then she is allowed to sleep with only women outside of that relationship. Yeah, correct, yes. Right? Yes. Okay. You, you nailed it. You um, for this test. I thought it was interesting. They listed, I don't know if you want to read these or if you want me to, but they listed some of the general, like, one penis justification uh, policies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, essentially, uh, if you... Here's the thing. If you talk to somebody who isn't a one penis policy, nobody feels like they're a prisoner and nobody feels like they're being controlled. Um, but a lot of times what you will hear is someone say like, you know, well, I'm actually just opening the relationship to explore my sexuality with other women. So I really don't mm-hmm. need to talk to other men um, or say things like, well, this is a dynamic that works for both of us. So I don't really see any unhealthiness or toxicity in that. Um, it's uh, also this is interesting. Uh, th- <laughs> this is, and it's a huge misconception, but the idea of uh, it being equal and fair because we both get to see women. Ah. What's funny is, like, if you told a straight man, like, hey, by the way, to keep it fair, you should, you should only see men. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, but I don't. But I'm not even attracted to men. Yeah. I, I actually hear this a lot. I'm not interested in other men anyway, so what's the problem? I've heard Are that a number of times. On that first or just saying it first? <laughs> I've heard that a number of times. Um, I can't emotionally handle her fucking another man, so isn't this better than just being monogamous? You know, so it's almost like a, hey, well, I compromised here, so, like, at least I'm not saying we can't yeah, be meet me halfway. Yeah, hey, at least I'm not hitting you. Sorry, that's not, that's not the same. That's, sorry, I was just... Making a <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I just said I need, womp, to womp. Be, I need to be more careful. <laughs> yeah, we got cancel culture. No, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. This I one's an interesting one. Wanted too. to give her the opportunity to explore her interests in other women. She doesn't need another man. A lot of times, uh, especially so, like I'm part of the sect of bisexual women that found out they were bisexual later in their life after already being in a long term committed relationship 
straight presenting relationship. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely part of our reasoning too when I was married of like, uh, oh, but I've just never, you know, I've never been with a woman. I'd love to be a woman. We didn't have a one penis policy, but it was kind of like, and I should have this experience as well type thing. Yeah. How it kind of outwardly mm-hmm. started out. Yeah. In our side of things, by the way, us bisexual women who only came out as bisexual when we were already in straight presenting relationships, we also have a lot of difficulty talking to women. <laughs> And I think, so if we're going to talk about why is this problematic? Yes. I think there are two main things that they talk about, but we have also discussed that are the same reasons. Okay. Um, for me, one, mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all are assuming that women don't count and a woman couldn't take your woman away. Yeah. And that's there, it's like that, that's fucking insulting. We... When we talk about internalized misogyny, it's kind of that. Where it's like, you don't think you're doing anything unhealthy or mean or, any, or being discriminatory. But yeah, by saying that like, oh no, a woman's okay, is, but is also like saying like, well, that's not a real relationship. Yeah. So why should I She can never be that? fully pleased by a woman, so she wanted to leave me for a woman. Mm-hmm. A woman's relationship isn't real. It's not okay. valid. It's, it doesn't threaten me. Well, no offense, motherfucker, but I've always said that women can go down on other women way better than a man ever could. Well, a lot of the times, when, even with my friends who are non or who are monogamous, who are non-monogamous is almost what I was going to say. Great job, Steve. Non-monogamous, um, otherwise known as monogamous. Two negatives. Cancel out to monogamy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where it was like, you know, much common, much more common for a dynamic where it's like, yeah, I have a straight relationship and I'm in a relationship with a man, but like where I get my real emotional connections from are like my best friend and my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And girlfriends in the way of like 1990s straight culture calling your friends who are girls' girlfriends. <laughs> 1990s girlfriends. <laughs> Not 2020 girlfriends. No. No, those are, those are girlfriends. Maybe that girlfriend. <laughs> Um, and this talks about they are fundamentally sexist and heterosexist because it does say that men because it relies on the two assumptions that men should be able to control other men's access to their woman like they are owning them which I have a huge problem with for both of us I would say and that the relationships between women don't fully count and therefore could not cause jealousy or conflict yeah which hey by the way let me tell you something that's not that in practice that doesn't that's not how that works that's not how it works uh well mostly because like i have interacted with a couple uh who had a one penis policy where i felt like there was a lot of discomfort over how i was connecting with the woman yeah yeah because you got too close i guess you became a threat. i just want to say that i was just doing siege <laughs> I just come on in, and if y'all fall for me because I'm so lovable, that's not Well, and that's the thing is, like, jealousy doesn't care if you have a penis or a vagina. Yeah, it's about, like, well, where's your time spent and what, right. you know, any, I mean, okay, maybe this would be a huge one for me, but if I'm seeing somebody treat another person as a safe space and I don't feel like I have that connection with them, I'm mad. Right. So I don't know if you read this. This was super interesting to me because I'd never thought about it this way. Oh, actually, yeah. And I'm really glad that we are talking about this. But this, uh, yeah, this line of thinking is also incredibly transphobic too. Now, some people who try to be on the more woke side of the one penis policy will just be like, well, it's just one penis. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's not penis or, or male presenting. But I've never heard somebody have a concern about a male presenting, like, like someone who's actually uh, FTM. 
Okay. You know, like I, I've never heard that coming up because it does go back to this whole, like, there is this idea of like, I have the penis. I'm the penis haver. Therefore, if you're with a female trans male, then you're still with a female, which is also not honoring Probably their, in their gender mind, yeah. identity. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's which is interesting because female to male, they can literally pick whatever dick size they want. That's so true. Like, hello, attachments. That's literally. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> bonus. Truly. And I'm not saying that in a, like, mean way. This is something that I've talked to trans, like... Well, I think it's, it's more of a way of trying to poke holes So you thought it was this, but now here's the reality of what yeah. that looks like in practice. That's how I'm approaching it. Well, and it. that's also just a running joke in the trans community where a number of them are like, I don't need a dick because I can just go buy one. And I don't have to worry about size because I can make it whatever size I want. And they also don't need Viagra. Oh, so go home. Which is interesting. That's why for me, I feel like that would be... That so be they're going to have... Yeah. Like they're going to have an emotional connection yep, with someone who they can connect with likely even better. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have really good fucking sex. Well, you screwed. You going on with a man. Like, so that, that to me is I... That's what always has got me. It's like, I don't get why you wouldn't be more worried about... Well, so for me, it's because that is... One of the things that you should be looking out for in terms of like, does this make sense? Because if it's not making sense, then it's probably leading back to an insecurity. Right. Yeah. Because like your insecurities, a lot of times they're not really based in uh, logic. They're based in fear. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good way to check yourself too. Yeah. And it's, you know, this kind of goes through um, some considerations to make. I don't know if we okay. want to run through those. Sure. I don't know what else we have. And this is just so I don't forget okay. everything about one penis policies. <laughs> this is so I remember all of it. I'm sure. Look Google. at how tiny my text is. I'm there so tiny. This is, I, just, I don't know how you see that. I don't. I don't. She just feels the energy. I'm just like, hate it. That's actually also how we get blowjobs and handjobs. We're like, penis. It's very Yoda y. Did you? We just. I know what I did. Inside joke. Um, <laughs> inside I'm not joke. gonna do it. Inside joke. Um, hey, you know, do you? Hey. Do, do, what was your? D- <laughs> hey, back on topic. Um, so it, they're saying if you're a queer woman in a non-monogamous relationship with a man who suggests or demands a one penis policy, here are some things to consider. Okay. They're telling this to the queer woman, but I'm gonna say both of you should consider this. Yeah. Um, Agree. Talking points. So, one, your relationship with women are just as real and valid as your relationships with men. This is really good for our bi babes out there, you know, uh, especially for a lot of us who have not had an actual relationship with or even sexual contact with a woman. So, a lot of times it can feel like, yeah, I should agree to the one penis policy because you, then you start even questioning your own queer identity of like, well, I've never been with a woman. Maybe I'm not even bi or... Maybe it's not that important. Yeah, I, I could probably... I live without it. I can live without it. Ugh. You haven't even tried it. <laughs> um, your relationships with men are not uniquely threatening or harmful to the relationship in ways that your relationship with women are not. Mm-hmm. So, again, this talks about the validity. Yeah, exactly. And what, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to enact one penis policy because you're worried about your value in the relationship, then, like, mm-hmm limiting their ability to see a certain type of person is not going to increase your value. 
This is interesting because it actually gives a suggestion on this point. So it's saying if your partner has a hard time with dating other, with you dating other men, you can support him through that even as you date other men. It is okay to say, I hear that is hard for you, but I'm not able to just give this up. How can we work through this? That's And that's true. a very powerful statement. That is. And it can be hard to say something like that. But I will offer what is a, a quote. That's what I'm looking for from one of the other articles where it's like, um, first of all, this idea here is you're enacting one penis policy because you're uncomfortable with the idea of your partner being with another man or penis haver. So if your partner doesn't know how to talk about what's going on in their head, it's okay to ask them to do more introspective self work. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself on the receiving end of a one penis policy, as opposed to giving in, you can kind of be like, Hey, actually I think that has to do more with something that's going on with you. And I would appreciate if you did some more introspective self work on that, which can look like going to a therapist. I mean, I would, in my mind, everybody should have a group of supportive friends who will call you out on shit. But if you don't have that, hopefully the therapist will be that person. If your therapist isn't calling you out on your shit, get another therapist. Get a new therapist. If for them to say, I have this feeling that I'm going to act on, but I can't explain what it means or where it's coming from is a non-starter. I love that. Uh, This is what I mean when I'm always uh, recommending self-work and introspection. Sit with your thoughts. Sit with your feelings. Examine their contours. Find words for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is a requirement for healthy polyamory. Um, also, yeah, I would say that polyamory is definitely, and this is one of my main draws to polyamory is that it requires so much introspective work. Yes. And I, I enjoy getting to know myself better so that I can yep. have healthy relationships with the people around me. So if you're going to act as if your feelings are facts and let them dictate the terms of your reality and your relationships, you should have a solid understanding of what they mean and where they're coming from. Yeah. I, I definitely, yes. Getting down to the root is huge. Yeah. And especially, I just love that it's like, if we're going to basically let that feeling dictate the entirety of how this dynamic is run. Yep. And in terms of like where it becomes like a permission thing. Mm-hmm. And in response to the whole like, you know, well, I as a woman, I'm not really interested in other men anyway. It's like, actually, you were interested enough in a man to have a relationship, to anchor to them. Some cases marry, some cases do all yep. that like relationship escalator stuff. And now you are letting that person, you, your care for that person is dictating how you go about yep. your life. So, yes, I think you have the capacity to have deep connections with men. And you can, you know, it's going to sound mean to say, I hear that's hard for you, but I'm not able to give this up. How can we work through this? Yeah. That is going to feel gnarly. Yes. Because your partner is going to be hurting. Mm -hmm. I've had to say this to my partner. He will tell you verbatim that at one point he asked to close our relationship while he worked through a lot of his fear-based stuff. And I said unequivocally, absolutely not. I said, I'll support you going through whatever you're dealing with, but that is not going to stop me from being happy. Yeah. Because I had already given him enough. Like, everyone has the opportunity before they react, like, interact with me to go get therapy, work through your shit. I'm not going to put my life on hold anymore because you haven't worked on your stuff. That's true. Yeah. That may sound mean. Don't care. In practice, though, if you do give in, what, in, what motivation does that person have to work through to their things? keep working through it. Because if they could say, oh, I can just tell you to not do it and you won't do it, then you've found your solution. Yeah. Honestly, just like how it works with your brain, your brain has no need to work on it. Yeah. But when it's constantly in your face and now you're seeing it affecting your relationships and like how you're showing up in your relationships, yeah, I would say that there's a little bit more fire to figure that out. And he did, you know, and, yeah, and where he is stated he now? later that it did kind of help encourage and make sure he worked on it. Yeah. Because I didn't let my foot off the gas. Yeah. If exactly. I had, he would have just coasted and I knew that. Yeah. And we're still together. I mean, that was five years ago. So you can get through it, but it's okay to declare what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
a lot of this work does look messy and you may find out that you're not compatible with your partner and I think that's like the underlying root of situations like this yep. where it's like you fear that actually if that restraint wasn't placed on the relationship your partner wouldn't find value in you yeah. and would leave and that's kind of that's something you should address so along that fear-based thing because a lot of this we do understand comes out of fear-based thinking comes yes right mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry um <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, we still say come really. (laughs) See you in. (laughs) So obviously a lot of this comes from fear-based thinking that you're replaceable. You're not important. They could leave you kind of a lot of abandonment issues. I think tend to come up with men um, or penis havers, if you will. Yes. Um, what about asexual? Oh, Oh, sorry. Yeah. we're We're getting into the country. Sorry. No, go ahead. So what about asexual and or men who, how am I saying this, cannot sexually perform in a way to keep their partner satisfied? Who enact a one-penis policy? Yeah. Oof. Like, how... I mean, you're hoping to rely on those stud men or stud women who... Well, and how do you get past... So, like, let's say your partner, and this is not something we've actually discussed. No, no, no. That's... So let's say your partner has an issue with staying hard. Mm-hmm. Getting hard, staying hard, has sexual performance issues, um, and they want to go date outside of the relationship, not because necessarily the sexual performance issues, but just it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or sexual performance issues come up, and suddenly your partner wants to shut it down or only let you date women. Yeah. How, you know, how do you view that? What are your I, thoughts on that? So, I mean... Obviously, I'm already coming from a place of thinking that in any circumstance, a one-penis policy is not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think it's... I mean, like, talk about cutting off a limb. Yeah. You know? Like, I I think that there are a really, really good amount of us that view, like, sex, and especially penetrative sex, as just, like, this fun, casual thing you do. And, I I mean, I I consider, like, sexual release a huge part of my own self-care, too. Yeah. Which is, I was not always in that place, I, but I am in that place now. Yeah. So where it's like, I don't care if you think I sound shallow, if I'm not, like, I need to be sexually attracted to you, I need to feel that sexual charge, especially if you're going to be a person I'm spending my time with, yeah. my very limited free time, which I know seems like more free time, because you're always starting businesses in your free time. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I, like, I, I think that there would be times when I was first looking for a partner as a person, dating, where I was just like, you're a good person, I want to treat you right. And that's what I thought that like love was, was mm-hmm. that you find a person who's worthy and you treat them right and you just, and that's how you love. But like my definition of that now is like, yeah, this person, I, I hope this is a person I want to touch, that I want to be sexual with, that I'm, that I crave sexually. And so like, let's say I started there with that person and then over time, like they lost their ability to do that. I mean, I'd hope that I have been honest enough in the beginning about my, you know, how yeah. I consider sex a self-care situation. Uh, and would hope that there would be some understanding and like allowing me to pursue that in other places. Cause I do feel like you're, you're asking to remove a huge part of how I express myself and how I take care yeah. of myself. And also what's your dedication to continuing to be part of that. If you're not able to perform how we used to, like, are you just shutting down the sex in our relationship right. altogether? Or are we like coming up with new ways? Yeah. And I guess for me, I, cause I do and have talked about this before in past episodes have a huge toy. I have a huge toy fetish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huge toy fetish. Mm-hmm. I have so many to like, it's, it's an I, aggressive I, I amount of toys. Some and it's great. Well, I always see something. <clears throat> I went to a room recently. You had the, the blinds yeah. drawn. I was like, 
Yeah, like I have a lot of, and you didn't even see the whole like bins of them. The best part was that I was like, oh, I have that uh, little mug holder that you're using to hang your whips and paddles on. <laughs> and I use it for my mugs. For your mugs. <laughs> um, and that's not even all the like dildos and vibrators no, and they buckle, they like, hang we have mugs. all of that in the closet. So like for me, I guess I view it differently because I'm like, oh, well, he doesn't want to cooperate. Let's just go get a toy. Yeah. And for me, that's just a sad, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. still a way to connect. My partner still enjoy it. So I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's also just, like, working through the fear of, like, it's not just because you might not be able to sexually perform the way you want to in that moment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't threaten and should not threaten your entire relationship and that person's relationship with other people. I think that you, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have every right to grieve losing that way of doing it. Yes. You know, that honestly i really really do uh but i think don't let it like then cut off your desire to want to do it period like i think that's where it really like sucks is when you become closed off to those alternatives because you can't do it the way that you used to and then like that's what kills and then closing off their alternatives as well right why because we can't admit that it's an actual problem that i'm losing something well, and then also if you're saying like, hey, I know I can't do this. So I'm also going to say that you can't go fuck other men because I can't like please you. My, like I can't mm-hmm. live up to what I think it should be. So now you're also cutting off their mm-hmm. ability to go do that with others out of your own fear. Yeah. Instead of finding alternatives to build yourself up and have a healthy sex life yeah. and then also allow them to go date outside of that. I think especially if you're a, the partner who is either the anchor or the nesting partner or the, or the primary partner, if you guys practice hierarchy, it's like, you know, if that role includes being, you know, prop, uh, that role includes problem solving to me, especially mm-hmm. on an interpersonal yeah. level. So to, yeah, to go through, now we're going to go see a sex therapist. Now we're going to go try new toys. Now we're going to, this is just a new version of the life that we have to figure out and yeah. find the best way to work on it. Uh, but it, it is like you have to take an active role in that because when you're passive about it, that is when the depression yeah. sets in and like, you know. You and let's just say sexual result. performance issues affects everybody. At oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone. I don't give a fuck if your friend's in there yeah. going, I'm always rock hard. No, he's fucking not. He's lying. No, he's fucking not. He's lying. I have slept with so many people. So many of them have dealt with sexual performance issues at one time or another. Yeah. Even being young and just being nervous. Oh, nervous, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. weed. It, it, it stress. tired, stress, <laughs> tired, stress. Like it, it, so yeah. I'm big on like, well, if it doesn't work that way, you got hands, fingers, mouth, tongue, toys, like, let's do it. Like, Sorry. like giddy up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm out there. I'm running out the room to get all my toys. I'm like, yes, toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's that energy when you connect with a person, you know, that's what makes you feel safe. This is a person you have these like sexual experiences with. Like I would hate, you're, you're losing so much more than a penis when you, are not willing to explore those options you know yeah so all of that to say like i don't know i i know that things can affect your self-confidence um yeah this is sort of validating the experience that leads to opp to be honest yeah like while opp isn't want, where we want to end up you know we can definitely see how you get there yeah. and how how it can affect you and how like you know Ideally, it's not an easy option to ask for OPP, I would hope. But, you know, I get, I get how you get there. Yeah. I mean, we, and we've all gone through, like, the insecurities of even opening up relationships. Yes. Even, the, even those of us who have inspired the opening up of the relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's like, human. Oh, fuck, I'm feeling jealous, but I literally asked for this. It's like, no, you're, you're just human. Yeah, you're, it, 
whether you have OPP, whether you have completely open, whether you're polyamorous, whether you're swingers, whatever, whatever. Relationship anarchist. Anything. You're going to have jealousy. Yeah. You're going to have fears. You're fucking human. Yeah. Like, I, it, it's, it's your responsibility, though, to not allow those fears to take a driver's seat and drive your life and your relationships. Yeah. So that's where, like, really whittling down to what are those fears. Yeah. And even this one article talked about, like, doing self-introspective work. Ooh, yes. I have this, too. You have that? Yeah. Well, so it, in terms of talking about what you can do, it's like, uh, I, I, I feel like this was the first article clicked. I really liked how this person wrote, by the way. So I'm just like, I feel like a lot of my references are from that article. Anyway, okay. things you can do. There's a delicate switch point where a feeling becomes a fact. This is talking about what goes on in your head. Um, And I think we kind of touched on this a little bit. Like, well, I touched on this a little bit when I'm talking about, like, there is a a moment where you need to decide what you're going to do with your thoughts. Because if you don't take an action, then the passive result is depression. Um, It's a little bit like that where it's this, like, little unknown spot where if you're not looking out for it, you're going to completely miss it. Uh, So there's this delicate switch point where a feeling becomes a fact. And it's in that point that you're going to be doing most of your inner work. So what it can look like in practice is being like, you know you have your natural progression of thoughts. Let's say like we're operating here from our uh, thought of another penis entering the relationship that makes us feel threatened. So the natural progression is I feel threatened to this makes me feel threatened to this is threatening me to this is a threat and it's dangerous and should be avoided at all costs. This is how we get to that feeling. So what we do is we kind of instead observe yourself and observe like, oh, I'm, I'm having that feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm having that feeling that makes me want to assert a policy or a boundary or a rule. Uh, first, just kind of like sit with it. Be like, hey, look, I'm feeling a little threatened right now. Yeah. I'm a little scared. You better, you have to first acknowledge you're even feeling it. Yeah. Because if you, you're like, I feel nothing. It's always going to be working backwards. Some people might be working on, hey, I'm at year X of OPP and I'm now like actually in a mm-hmm. space where I can think about it. I mean, that there's no shame in like learning yeah. and growing and having new information. Um, so by letting that spiral happen though, that's where you let your feelings become facts and what you operate off of. So just be aware of that. Instead, observe when the feeling of being threatened is present and separate what is feeling and what is fact. Ask yourself, where did this information come from? Why am I thinking this is a danger? What's going on? And we've talked about even doing that when we come up with a ghost of numb or ghost of monogamy past. That is true. Yeah. Why am I feeling this? Why are we feeling that? Why does that feel weird? Should it feel weird? In practice, sometimes we're in conversations where we're just like, hmm, I have to sit with that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, yeah, or if you it. hit like a really aggressive like spiral, just being okay with like, I need to not talk about it. I need to reach a neutral point before mm-hmm. I even try to figure out where this information came from. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want that people are listening to this episode and like the women who are one piece of policies are like, ah, listen to that bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it'll feel like that, but I think the best, you know, chance of kind of improving that situation relies on not doing that. Even though I get you mm-hmm. as a penis lover, I get you. Sorry. I cut you off after that. Oh, no, it's okay. Where'd the information come Where'd the from? information come from? What's the evidence for that or against that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like if I said, you know, Sometimes April goes to have lunch with people who aren't me, and that's threatening to me. Because I want to be the only person you have lunch with. Period. <laughs> um, ultimately, my threat there is that, like, oh, maybe you want to start doing that with someone else forever and ever, and I'm going to lose that position. Um, 
I'd ask myself, you again. yeah, I, first of all, I'd check your calendar and I'd delete all your lunch dates. So, sorry. <laughs> so She's good like, luck. Nope, nope, good luck. Nope. I just changed it to my name. You know, oh, where are we going? <laughs> you know? Uh, but it is kind of like a working backward of like, you know, for me, I can track that back to like feeling abandoned, you know, like every time a relationship has ended in my life there, that abandonment trigger has like been activated. Um, even if I wanted to be away from that person, I'm like, Ooh, that was a bad relationship probably because I'm so unlovable and ultimately everyone will leave me, (laughs) which is not logical, you know? No. Sometimes I do have to just logically be like, hey, remember why we wanted to leave that? Remember we're not doing that anymore? So kind of having that gentle self-talk as well is also going to be really important. Well, and like in that example where if you were like, oh my God, April's never getting lunch with me again, you could easily go look at the calendar and be like, oh yeah, we just had lunch yesterday. Okay, well, what if that was our last lunch? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> never gonna have lunch again. The next appointment after that lunch was never have lunch with CJ again. <laughs> she did put it on the calendar so I'd see it. So yeah. I know. Wow. Tagged her. <laughs> um, the next thing is there. What else might be true? So in this hypothetical, I could say like, well, it's true that at least once a week I get lunch with April. So I really don't have to worry about it until I go three weeks straight without having lunch with April. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of like, you know. So if I was in a, a one penis policy example and I was... I was the penis king. I would be like, you know, um, how logical is it that my partner wants to leave? Like, are they satisfied in other areas? Was I feeling like they weren't satisfied before this moment? That's a, that's kind of an important one too, especially when you're evaluating if you're kind of like freaking out. Like, or to eval- I use that to evaluate if I'm being triggered. Where I'm like, is this a trigger? How, how was I feeling like literally 10 minutes before I was feeling this? Yeah. You know, what was going on? Was I mostly satisfied with everything? You know, did this change because of this new information? Um, I like this part. It's like review where those thoughts came from. What's your earliest example of this fear being true? What, uh, what were you told about situations like this growing up? What were you told about men growing up? Yeah. You know? Um, and I, I noted this one as like potentially triggering because I personally, I feel like if you're a person who has an insecurity strong enough to enact a one penis policy, then, you know, just know that these next questions would be triggering. But like, you should do thought exercises like think about your partner having sex with another man. What feelings come up? How is it different or similar to a scenario where they're having sex with you? Now think about a situation where your partner is having sex with a woman. Compare those feelings. How do they feel different? How would you feel if the person was trans? Ask yourself those hard questions too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now for narcissism. And it's, it's, I mean, it is a lot of like the visualization, visual, visual, God, we did it, guys. Damn it. We finally <laughs> had the word that's hard for April to say this one, and it is visualization. Wow. Nice. You got it. I was hoping I'd wow. have to come in and say it. Visualization. Um, it's, it's the first time reading today, actually. Just right. <laughs> truly. Um, it does. I feel like people are going to be like, ah, that doesn't work. But it does. Like, it's. It's all about training your brain and training thought processes that have not been innate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have not been innate to you so far, either culturally or societally, how you're brought up in your family processes. You're just retraining those synapses and those brain thought processes. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. Yeah. I mean, literally, we did Ghost of Monogamy Pass for a solid two years, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Where it was a constant almost every other day. Of, I don't know that we've stopped that. We haven't fully stopped. I feel like we did it a lot more a few yeah. years ago yeah. when we oh were... Un- Here's the crossover. We had more dating opportunities then. So Ouch. there were more examples where it could come Just up. Just say you hate Sorry. Me. <laughs> it's like, why has that tapered off? Because I don't feel like... Oh. Just say you hate me. Um, but it's... Well, and even like... 
even as much as you work on this, it's still going to pop up. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's not even necessarily about what you think it might be about. So an example of this is, um, I will share personally after the SCOTUS ruling, Mm -hmm. I had some insanely intense trauma triggers for about a week, week and a half, like intense that I was not anticipating. Mm -hmm. I did not know it was going to hit me like that. Um, but it did. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, at the same time, my partner also went on a date, um, I think that's Saturday, like right mm-hmm. after SCOTUS. Yes. And I knew I was triggering and I knew I was triggering hard. Big time. So in that state, I made the decision not to talk to him about his date. I more worked on sitting with why is it bothering me and I realized it was bothering me because of all my triggers which was making me much more insecure making me much more vulnerable much more emotional Mm -hmm. so my goal that entire week was just to reach a place of ambivalence Mm -hmm. about his date yeah neutrality neutrality yeah um I didn't ask him how it was after and I told him I wasn't going to um because I wasn't in that neutral place yet Mm -hmm. so even though this, I'm someone that's been working on this and for the most part usually feel compersion for my partner's dating, mm-hmm. I had to recognize and own the fact that I was in a place that I could not do that right then. Yeah. And, and I, I think it, with it. it helps protect the experience of, those, of the people around you that you're engaging with. Yeah. Sorry, your relationships. Uh, because it's also like, you know, hey, I know I'm going to react this way and I'm going to be handling that best I can and I don't want to like, you know, poison your situation. That could yeah. be good. Having a date for the first time in a while, you know? And yeah. I told him that. Like, I told him that I did not want to ask and if it went badly, I didn't want to celebrate that it went mm-hmm. poorly because it made me feel more secure. And if it went well, I didn't want to trigger and spiral because I was feeling insecure that it went well. Yeah. This is where the importance of having like a support system and a tribe and generally just other friends is like really good for like helping sustain your relationships too because if you have no one else to talk about how good the date went, yeah, they yeah. can feel like your partner's being really selfish. Yeah. Like, Even if you're going through something, you're just feeling unfortunately in your heart that you're like, oh, I really want to talk about it because it was so this or that, yeah. good or bad. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. it went poorly. I did end up asking about a week and a half later when I'd reach better space. Unfortunately, it went poorly. That was a good way to talk about it, yeah. Yeah. So I did end up asking, but I, I had to own... So you got there. I had to own for a week and a half that I was not in that space, and as much as I wanted to be, I just couldn't. Was Jay, like, every day, like, how's your day? Next day, how's your day? Or can you ask me? How are you feeling? Sorry, not how's your day. You're like, ask want to know how my day went? That's the word. <laughs> that was what the phrase. So, hey. No, he was... I mean, fortunately, he was very understanding, and... It was actually that first week is the first time I've ever admitted to him that I was raped and used that word. So yeah. he knew I was he knew I was going through some shit. Yeah. Because up until that point, I had only ever mentioned rape to you once, and that was about three weeks prior. I had never said the word rape to him ever. Yeah. So he he knew I was going through some shit. Mm-hmm. Like he was very aware of it. Yeah. Good, good on him for being aware and knowing about it. Yeah, and, and supportive. Space he, for it. he didn't try to push me. He was very supportive of that. But a lot of that was because I also owned up front that, like, I'm not in the space right now to be that compersion partner yeah. that I normally am. Yeah. It's okay to know that about yourself. You know? Yeah. I still felt shitty. It's better. Totally cried in the bathroom about it. Oof. That's just, but that's just a part of it. He, you know, I didn't need to put that on him. I just needed to work through it and come to a better place, and then I could talk to him about it later. That's true. And you knew how to work through it? And you knew it was going to look messy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was definitely messy. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you not a movie cry where you're like, uh. <laughs> No. Uh. 
<laughs> that cry was a full like snot. I grody cry. If I don't feel it deep in my chest, I'm not crying. Yeah. No, I'm not- if I don't go look in the mirror just to see how bad it is. If I'm not recording myself. I don't I'm want gonna- it. <laughs> go to the mirror and you're like, ah, it's as bad as I thought. Move off mirror. You go back you're like, ah. Oh my God, my eyes are getting puffy. Fuck. This is a bad cry. This is a really, it's really bad, bad cry. terrible. It's great. <laughs> you're like, oh, But you're like putting those little under eye like little masks on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I share that because I don't want you guys to think that we're sitting here preaching at you. And not having to go through it. Like, we are going through jealousy and all of that. And insecurity. And insecurity. And this has been on, even on a platonic level, too. Not recently. Maybe. I don't know. No, I'm joking. But, Moments. yeah, just things that I've had to, like, you know, just work through. Things that are not threaten, threats to me. I'm just yeah. sitting with them. Everyone you know? has moments. We're human. Mm-hmm. Everyone's human. Yeah. So, I think the difference is, is that we are fortunately in a space where we're a little bit more equipped and have the tools in the tool bag to help work through mm-hmm. those yeah you have someone um, who can talk shit about me too yes we both we all go to the same fucking therapist <laughs> i'd love to be her she knows more know? about our friend group than she's gonna have like that we're like uh, yeah. I, I cannot imagine what her reality tv show of our lives is uh, like. i know like if she could have a forum where she's talking mm-hmm. about in this week on this episode uh, and now even the therapist for some of our employees well, <laughs> truly, like, we it's love hilarious. her and she's great. So, yeah. so all of that to say, like, it's, we're it's not going to be messy. here. We're not, we're, we're, we are literally walking the walk, talking the talk. Matter of like, fact, we're doing it too. If it doesn't feel messy, you might not be doing it right. Honestly, it, especially in the beginning, felt so fucking messy. It's almost like a little bit of initiation too. Yeah. Like when you're working through shit, if you're not feeling like you're sloppy, messed up, a total burden yeah. to everyone within a 10 mile radius of you, you ain't doing it right. You ain't doing it right. Which is honestly when I first talking to people who are so new to non-monogamy and they're mm. like, it's going great. And I'm like, ooh. Red flag. It's coming. <laughs> like I would I would give you an update on those people but they've all disappeared which is so interesting actually I've had a number of them come back and then later That's admit you, you're right yeah <laughs> how are you doing well I'm not in that relationship anymore oh which is why we started a podcast because <laughs> I got tired it's of giving the same advice like, this. listen when you're at a point where you're making a podcast because you're tired of typing stuff like well, is literally. it lazy or do you remember we used to have notes like we, we were going to write a book. I'm well, never no, done with this. But do you remember this. we would actually have like copy and pasted notes yeah, to in our, our matches? Mm-hmm, in our memos. Yeah. Like that we would send because we got so tired of saying the same shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Over and over. Do you think I haven't accessed one of those screenshots from you to be like, what did she say there? Yeah, I'm going to use that here. We've definitely, yeah, we yeah. definitely had notes back and forth. Oh, yeah. How'd you word that? <laughs> how would you say it? Oh, yeah, that's how you said it. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> So yeah, we got we got sidetracked. Sorry, that was a tangent, but it was a tangent. But I think that we have covered a lot of good, a lot of good parts. Yeah. Here's one that really stood out to me, like in response to when um, women who are part of this type of engagement say like, "I don't even want a man," right? Um, one of the articles had said like, "If it's true that you really don't want a man, then why did a rule need to be created for it?" Oof. Right. Because, like, if a rule had to be created for it, then it's not with 100% certainty that you believe that that person can say no to a man. So that's where it was like, oh, yeah, true. Like, if I was in a relationship and it was like I wasn't seeking any other men, you wouldn't have to say it. You wouldn't have to have a rule. I would just be doing it. I would just be living it. It would trust me and it would feel just as good as having a one penis policy or a one dick rule. Yeah. Most rules are created out of fear. 
Yeah. We talked about that in one of our first episodes about not creating landmine rules. Mm-hmm. Out of blow fear. up in your face. Exactly. Yep. Wait, that was a good way that we worded that. We're so it smart. Was. Look at it. Bam. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and me too. Oh my God. Look at us. In a non-narcissistic way. I just like I just want to tell you guys how like hyper independent we both are that we immediately went to pat ourselves <laughs> yeah, on the not back each other. and <laughs> yeah, pat yourself get out yeah. of here don't touch me I can do myself I can <laughs> congratulate my own self I can praise my own self you're a good girl <laughs> and you think that we don't actually kiss ourselves we do what she just did we actually. I do. I want to get a little tattoo of a little kiss right here. Just because I used to, when I was like very, very not. Okay, there was a point where I was so afraid to ask people to touch me. And this is in terms of just like getting a hug from a friend that I used to like, you know, do this. And whenever I'd be freaked out, I'd go like that. So yeah, it's a good reminder. I don't want to. Did you ever get a weighted blanket? No. I, I wanted to keep kissing my shoulder instead. That was equal to the resolution of it. Have you ever kissed yourself and left lipstick and not realized it? Well, ever since we started doing the thing I had once in a while, I'd give myself a little second look at it and be like, yeah. Yeah. I love myself. Mm. High five to my damn self. (laughs) Once again. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And last thing I want to say, and I think I've kind of like mentioned this, so I just want to make sure I'm making like a solid, more solid point out of it, is that this kind of like... This type of thinking in terms of like, I'll be the only penis, you're also kind of like hurting yourself because you're reducing your only value that you're adding to the relationship to just you having the penis. Yeah. You know, don't sell yourself short. Hey, this is now the more motivational part of this episode. It's true though. Like if your only value is your sex organs, Mm -hmm. you were probably in the wrong relationship anyways. Yeah. It's funny. I don't see a lot of examples of a person like, oh, here's a solo poly guy. And he's like, by the way, if you're dating me, one penis. You know, like, yeah. it's it's usually a lot of arrangements where, like, it was, a you know, a monogamous couple that is now, like, opened up and they're trying to, like, kind of stay comfortable through the opening up, which I get, you know, like, it can be stressful. I mean, I, you know... It is stressful. Kind of a tangent, yeah. but I feel the most empowered in my relationship now yeah. that Jay and I are polyamorous because I know every day he chooses to come home and it is a choice. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He can leave. He can go date whoever. He can fall in love with ever. Same for me. I can Mm -hmm. go date and fall in love with anyone that I want. And it is always a choice every single day. And for me, that is so empowering. Yeah. Because I know he is choosing that. I am choosing to show up. Exactly. Not out of obligation. Not out of fear. Not out of a one penis policy. I am choosing to show up and I choose him every day. Yeah. Even on the days I want to stab him. Oh, did Jay watch this episode? Okay. You like when we were jiggling our boobs earlier? Love you, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, and in that, but like exactly from in that line of thinking, like really remind yourself of what else you already have existing with your partner. Yeah. And like, you know, yes, I think, I think it becomes easy when we're in long-term relationships with people to like have forgotten what had brought us together you know Mm -hmm. and uh, the idea that not only did you fall head over heels in love with that person but now that person does choose you every day to wake up next to you to go to sleep beside you to share a home with you I think like for me now especially as somebody who is now living on my own for me to want to choose to share my space again would be (laughs) inconceivable I swear to god (laughs) if I'm sharing a space with you and then you try to say that you're still insecure I will leave no joke Out. That's why. Not the dick that'll make me leave. (laughs) If I'm insecure, then she's gonna leave. That makes me feel even more insecure. (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry. No, I think it's like, I, I truly believe that this is rooted in insecurity and the good news is you can work on that. Yeah. We just finished an episode on narcissism, which was a joke about me being like, I know narcissist, that was my next page notes. Um, but like, you know, really look at it. You can't cure narcissism, but you can actually work on your self-worth and your, yeah. um, like your feelings about yourself. What's we're out? Insecurity. God, I literally just said it like 30 yeah. seconds ago and I forgot it. So yeah, so that's the good news, you know? Think better about yourself. You can. It is difficult. It should look messy and sloppy. And if you don't feel like a blubbering baby, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. If you don't ugly ass cry in the mirror you at least to. once, you ain't doing it. If you don't accidentally think a thought that's way more hurtful than what anybody could have said right. to you ever. And <laughs> you hurt yourself. You're like, ah. So, and then you can't even explain why you're crying because you hurt your damn to self. To a point where I've said, like, that was too far. Like, to me. <laughs> I did too I'm much. Like, Whoa. Ow. Don't. Oh. Don't. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go cry about that. You I'll be right back. about what you did. We're going to have some ice cream. Oh, well, in talking, I mean, God, something I've had to traverse just with body dysmorphia, my partner dating. Really? Oh, for sure. Are you, like, secretly trying to look at who he's dating so you can compare No, bodies? but it's it always, it in the back of my mind is like, well, are they smaller than me? Because in my mind, I'm huge. Oh, like, I see what massive. you mean. Massive. So I'm like, well, he's going to be more attracted to them because they're skinny. Oh, even though I don't even really know how all these girls look. Um, uh, true, right, yeah, yeah. No, but in my mind, I'm the biggest person on the face of the planet. So I everyone's it's smaller just than your me. body dysmorphia. Thing. Body dysmorphia is I intense. don't mean to laugh. It, no, it, trust it, me. It's, because it, it's, it's so up. like, well, that's what body dysmorphia is. So it's just it's a total not truth. Yeah. It's a total non-truth. Yes. Like there was a point where you were the smallest person in the office. Right. Yeah, that's who, next to me. So like I, so yeah, like me looking at anything like, okay, because like, I know it's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, but, I mean, you're working on that. Hey, the best day of my life was like when your New Year's, New Year's resolution was that you were going to handle. Oh, what was it? You were like, and then when I get back from this trip, I'm going to start working on my body just for me with Marilyn. And I was like, and instead, COVID happened. Oh, COVID. No. And then, then, we then I got raped. Oh, no, that and was then, the next year because then the rape happened. And then, oh, good. Yeah, Marilyn, like, we'll put that to the and side. Then you were the, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> God, that was such a bummer. <laughs> it was such a good time. I'll do anything to get out of work on body dysmorphia. Too dark. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I just want to say I love you. <laughs> and, and wow. Hey, see, we roast ourselves here as well. So yeah, we're not literally. just... I... I I've def I've definitely like worked on some worked through some hard shit just through our conversations. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're this is almost like you're just the third person in conversations that we Welcome. already have too. That was also part of our ideas for this podcast. So I think so, we good <laughs> now that I've made really dark jokes. <laughs> we, we just see she's gonna go help like self hug and kid. I do. So she doesn't like hugs. So I got to be like, hey. It's even worse now because we couldn't hug for two years. So now I'm just totally like in my no touch space after COVID. I know. People come at me and I'm like, whoa, COVID. I'm only doing exhales, so I don't need Make sure you go like our Facebook page. We're going to be posting our munches there still. Next one is August 12th. 12th. Is there reposting? Yeah, this is before that. Yeah. Mm hmm. This is before this that. Is right. That's right. That's right. Next one's August 12th. 
<laughs> it's a Friday. It's the second Whoa. Friday of August. We're for so tired. sure. Well, it's that time of year. It's our turn tradition. Happy um, turn, miss. Happy turn, miss. <laughs> happy turn, apocalypse. If you're property managers out there, happy turn, apocalypse. So sorry so for y'all. So sorry. Um, follow our Instagram. Leave us a five-star review Leave on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to hit that uh, bell button. You know I always do that because I hear other YouTubers saying it, but I'm not even sure what that does. does it I, do think you get, I think you get notified whenever oh. it gets. I wonder if that's part of the algorithm. Sorry. We're having a little <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to conversation. Think about it. I'm just trying to talk, talk, talk. We should hopefully be at almost 200, if not more, by the time this drops. <gasps> oh, tell your friends. If you get us there. <laughs> <laughs> then I will just take a video of myself crying. That'll be our Patreon. And I'll be like so happy. Yeah. Uh, join our Patreon. That is how uh, we help fund this. Yeah. Uh, we have and some I always awesome leave Patreon you guys supporters. sweet, sweet messages on the like uh, yep. on the exclusive content that I go. I like them, right? Like, hey guys, my beautiful, my loves, my favorites, and tell everyone in the group you guys are my favorites. And I'm and I am reviving the Discord. Okay, I've been on there enough with other places. I feel familiar enough. Every okay. once in a while, I drop a message. I'm down to like. Uh, I wish everyone a happy Monday. It's Tuesday. Okay, great. I'm not that far off from, you know, one business day, give or take. Yeah, we're wait. We're sending giffies and we're we're, and we're saying, hey, what's up? I'll go join it. Ah, uh, yay! <laughs> now there's more. <laughs> and then if you want to buy us a Kofi, uh, that's do. another way to support us. Again, all self-funded. So any of that is super awesome. Yes. Um, yes. Other than that, anything else? No, great episode. Do a little, little heart hands. If you've listened this far, we love you. Love you. And you did a great job. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye.